Hey friend, are you trying to plan a Disney World vacation, but you're not sure where to start? Do you wish you could head into your trip feeling prepared and confident with a plan that's right for your family and your budget? Hi, I'm Megan. At Dreamwish Plan, I help moms plan their dream Disney World vacation without the overwhelm. On this show, we'll walk through the Disney Park basics so you'll understand all the things that Disney World has to offer. We'll talk about vacation planning strategy, and I'll give you tips and hacks that will put you way ahead of the pack so you can maximize the fun and minimize the stress. So grab a cup of coffee and your favorite notebook and get ready to create a plan to make some magical Disney memories. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Dream Wish Plan podcast. Happy New Year! I am back from a full week at Walt Disney World, and it was amazing. In our next episode, I'll give a little trip report and tell you the highs and lows, some recommendations, and even something I might do differently for our family on our next trip. So be sure to check that out. In our last episode, we did a breakdown of the value resorts, and today we're going to do the same for the moderate resorts at Disney World. But before we get into the different moderate resorts there are to choose from, let's talk a bit about how moderate resorts differ from the value resorts. Moderate resorts might be my favorite tier because they're middle of the road. They offer a little bit more in terms of amenities than the value resorts, but they're not as expensive and luxurious as a deluxe resort. Don't get me wrong, I love luxury, and if money were no object, I'd love to be at a deluxe resort. But if we're on a family trip, I'm not staying at a deluxe because for my family, it really would be wasted. We just don't spend that much time at the resort for it to make sense. My family likes to be in the parks all day, but moderates can be a great compromise, a little bit more luxury, but not as expensive. In terms of space, the moderate rooms are going to be a bit bigger than the value resort rooms. Most moderate rooms are going to fit up to five guests, as opposed to the max of four in a standard room at a value. The rooms themselves are going to offer similar things, and they do open up to the outside like a motel, similar to that of the value resorts. The exception here is going to be Grand Estino Tower at Coronado Springs. In terms of theming, these resorts are beautiful, but they're not as bright and colorful and in-your-face Disney as the value resorts are. They're a little bit more subtle and more sophisticated in my opinion. The pools at these resorts are amazing. The themed pools have water slides, and the resorts offer quieter pools as well. In terms of activities and recreation, the moderates have similar options to a value. They have pools, playgrounds, jogging trails, some offer fishing, arcades, outdoor movies. One of my favorite differences in the moderate resorts versus a value resort is the dining options. In addition to a quick service food court option, the moderate resorts also have a sit-down table service dining. For transportation, most of the moderate resorts are going to offer more than one form of transportation, which we'll talk about what's offered at each one in a minute. So now that we've talked about some of the general differences that set the resorts in the moderate category apart, let's talk about the different options in this category. The options are going to be Caribbean Beach Resort, Coronado Springs Resort, Port Orleans French Quarter, Port Orleans Riverside, And the cabins at Fort Wilderness are technically in the moderate category, but they're really very different than the other options in this category. First up, let's talk about Caribbean Beach Resort. It has bright colors and pirate-themed rooms with a general Caribbean vibe. One of the highlights of this resort, in my opinion, is that it has Skyliner access. 
It's a big resort that's spread out and has a lot of different bus stops. Some of the rooms in terms of decor are kind of meh. There are six villages you could be located in. Aruba, Jamaica, Barbados, Martinique, Trinidad North, and Trinidad South. This resort also has six pools. Some are quiet and some are themed. There's one with a pirate ship that's very cool. For dining, they have some good options. My favorite is their table service, Sebastian's Bistro. Overall, this is a beautiful resort and again, is pretty popular due to the Skyliner access. Next up is Coronado Springs, which has a Spanish-Mexican Southwest theme. This is a great moderate resort. It has an upscale feel, and it's a resort where a lot of conferences are held. There are three separate villages here, as well as the Grand Destino Tower, which is gorgeous and feels very upscale. It makes you feel like you're at the deluxe resort with moderate resort prices. There are a lot of different options when it comes to types of rooms. They have suites and tower suites, so it's not just a standard room with an option to have a different type of view like most of the other moderates. One drawback to Coronado Springs is the only transportation available is bus transportation to the theme parks. There are a lot of pros here, though, to balance that out. Number one for me is, you guessed it, dining. They have some really good dining here. My favorite is the Three Bridges Bar and Grill, which is out on the water and has some really good appetizer and drink options that I really enjoy. Another pro is the pool. The Lost City of Cibola Pool has a Mayan pyramid, which is very cool. They also have the largest hot tub and other more quiet pools as well. Another unique option that they have here is a 24-hour gym, which again, I'm not using on vacation, but this is a big draw for a lot of people. Overall, I really like this resort, but I will say I would most recommend it for an adult trip or people with older children. It doesn't have that really Disney feel that you might want if you have younger kids. All right, let's talk about Port Orleans. Port Orleans has two resorts, Port Orleans Resort French Quarter and Port Orleans Resort Riverside. Originally, these were two separate and unrelated resorts. Port Orleans Resort French Quarter was Disney's Port Orleans Resort, and Riverside was originally Disney's Dixie Landings Resort. In 2001, Dixie Landings was changed to Port Orleans Riverside. I'm old enough to have actually stayed there back when it was still called Dixie Landings. Port Orleans French Quarter has a New Orleans Mardi Gras vibe. This is another one of my favorites for a couple reasons. I know I have a lot of favorites. This resort is smaller and has a more laid back feel to it, which can be really nice to come back to when you're on sensory overload from your time in the parks. It also has really great theming. And most of all, beignets. Scat Cat Club at Port Orleans French Quarter is the only place at Walt Disney World where you can get them. And they're worth the trip in my opinion, even if you're not staying here. This resort has other amenities you would expect from a moderate resort. And it also has another perk. There's a riverboat ferry that will take you to Disney Springs. There is no table service dining at French Quarter, but you can take a quick walk over to our next resort, Port Orleans Resort Riverside, which is themed to the Louisiana Bayou. The scenery here is particularly beautiful. This resort also has access to the boat to Disney Springs, and the rooms sleep up to five. 
This resort is larger than the French Quarter, and it's divided up into four areas. Sasagula Steamboat Company, Old Man Island, Alligator Bayou, and Magnolia Bend. Alligator Bayou and Magnolia Bend are both pretty big areas. The Sasagula Steamboat Company is the main building where you find the lobby, the main bus area, and dining and shopping. Old Man Island is where you'll find the fishing hole, the pool, and the playground. Alligator Bayou and Magnolia Bend are the hotel buildings. There are standard rooms and there are royal rooms, which are themed to Disney prince and princesses, mainly Tiana, but others as well. There's a food court as well as Boatwright's Dining Hall, which is their table service dining. One drawback to both Port Orleans locations is that you only have bus transportation to the theme parks. So if you don't have a car, your options are bus or a rideshare. At French Quarter, because it's so small, you only have one bus stop, whereas Riverside has multiple. So that's a rundown of the moderate resorts, and I will talk a little bit about the cabins at Fort Wilderness, since they're technically in the moderate category. These cabins are going to offer the most space, and they tend to be the most expensive in the moderate category. Fort Wilderness has a few options. There are regular tent campsites, RV sites, and the cabins. It's a big spread out area with internal bus transportation and an entirely different vibe than the rest of Walt Disney World. Transportation to the parks can be a bit more time consuming and it can be one of the drawbacks of staying here. The cabins themselves have a bedroom, bathroom, and living room kitchen area. The kitchens have a full refrigerator, an electric stove, microwave, dishes, and pots and pans. There's a lot more space than a regular room would have and it's separate, so you're not dealing with paper-thin walls. They're nicely decorated and comfortable, so it's not like a dirt floor, rustic type of cabin. These are definitely a good choice if you want to be a bit more secluded and have some more space, and don't mind that the transportation is going to be a bit more cumbersome. In terms of dining at Fort Wilderness, they have three quick service restaurants and Trails End, which is a table service option. It's also the home of the famous Hoop-dee-doo musical review. There are also a lot of activities at Fort Wilderness. They have a campfire sing-along with Chip and Dale. You can go biking, kayaking, rent canoes, go on a Segway tour, go on a horseback trail ride, which of course most of these are an extra charge. But if you're looking for some non-Disney type activities during your trip, this could be a great choice. Okay, so that's your roundup of the Disney moderate resorts. They all have their pros and cons, so it's really about identifying what's most important to you and your group. Is it transportation and location? Is it food options? Is it theming? Hopefully this will help you decide which is best for you. But honestly, there isn't really a bad choice. In our next episode, I'll give you the good, bad, and ugly of our trip to Disney last week. And coming up, we'll also do a breakdown of the deluxe resort choices at Disney World. Disney's got some great promotions going on right now. So if you're planning a trip in 2023 and you're looking for some expert advice and someone to help you with a game plan, click the link in the show notes and book a planning call with me. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, happy planning. If you enjoyed this episode, it would help me so much if you would take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes. And if you still feel stuck and want my help designing your dream vacation, click the link in the show notes to book a one-on-one planning call with me. 
Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, happy planning.